0: Hey y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was March 7th, 1965. A group of about 600 marchers in Selma, Alabama headed east on U.S. Route 80. The group was just beginning a 54-mile trek to the state capitol in Montgomery. Led by John Lewis and Hosea Williams, the group of protesters included student nonviolent coordinating committee members, Southern Christian Leadership Council members, and other activists. They were marching to protest violations of Black civil rights and to recognize the life and death of protester Jimmy Lee Jackson, a Black man who was shot by an Alabama state trooper a few weeks before during a civil rights demonstration. They walked the six blocks to the Edmund Pettus Bridge, crossing over the Alabama River and heading toward Montgomery. But their progress was halted by Alabama state troopers and local police who told them to turn around. The marchers stood their ground, but the officers responded with force. The assault that followed caused a national outcry, and the day came to be known as Bloody Sunday. In the years leading up to Bloody Sunday, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC, as it was known, and the Southern Christian Leadership Council, also known as the SELC, were working to register Black voters in Dallas County, Alabama. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 banned segregation in public places, employment discrimination based on race, and prohibited the unequal application of voting requirements. But despite the Act's provisions to strengthen voting rights for Black people in the South, states and election officials continue to use voter suppression tactics to bar Black people from voting. For instance, Jim Crow laws required people to pass literacy tests or to pay poll taxes, which many poor and Black people couldn't afford to be able to vote. One of the places where segregationist ideals and these voter suppression tactics were rampant was Dallas County, Alabama. So organizers decided to focus their efforts on Selma, the county seat of Dallas County. But Alabama's segregationist governor George C. Wallace, and the local county sheriff pushed back against these voter registration campaigns. The registration office was open only two days per month, and people had to fill out four-page forms and take literacy tests to get the vote. Because of this suppression, only about 2% of the eligible Black voters in Selma were registered. SNCC intensified its voting rights campaign in Selma from 1961 to 1964, especially after the Civil Rights Act was passed. But their effort was still met with violence from local officials. And in July 1964, Dallas County Circuit Court Judge James Hare issued an injunction that forbade gatherings of three or more people to discuss civil rights or voter registration in Selma. So the Dallas County Voters League enlisted the help of the SCLC and its president, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The SCLC's goal was to bring Black voting rights to national attention and to get a Voting Rights Act. So in January and February of 1965, the SCLC led demonstrations to the Dallas County Courthouse. Teachers organized a march. Thousands of demonstrators were arrested, including King, Ralph Abernathy, Amelia Boynton, John Lewis, and Hosea Williams. And Jim Clark, the county sheriff, led a violent resistance. In early February, President Lyndon B. Johnson announced his support of the Selma campaign and his plans to implore Congress to enact a voting rights bill. But on February 18th, State trooper James Bernard Fowler shot 26-year-old deacon and activist Jimmy Lee Jackson during a protest in Marion, Alabama. Jackson died about a week later. So King announced the plan for a march from Selma to Montgomery to protest the injustices levied on Black people in America. And on March 6th, George C. Wallace told state troopers to take whatever means necessary to keep the march from happening. On March 7th, the marchers set out anyway. Alabama state troopers, some on horseback, stopped them as they attempted to leave Selma. When the marchers refused to turn around and instead asked to speak to the officer who had commanded them to stop, The officers beat them with billy clubs and bullwhips, spat on them, and overran them with horses. More than 50 people were injured. The whole assault was televised. Over the next few days, more demonstrations took place around the country. King even called for another march on the 9th, but he ended up dispersing the crowd. But on March 21st, about 2,000 people set out from Selma, this time protected by U.S. Army troops and the Alabama National Guard. Tens of thousands of people joined the marchers in Montgomery when they arrived on March 25th. And on August 6th, President Johnson signed into law the Voting Rights Act, which aimed to end the suppression of Black people's voting rights. That's not to say voter suppression ended there, but the march was a milestone in the American Civil Rights Movement. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Get more notes from history on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks for joining me on this trip through time. See you here in the exact same spot tomorrow. Hello again. I'm Eve, and you're listening to This Day in History Class, a show where we drop history knowledge every single day. <laughs> the day was March 7th, 1971. Sheikh Mujibur Rahman, the founding father of Bangladesh, gave a speech to more than 2 million people in Dhaka. In his speech, He called for a struggle for independence and encouraged Bengali people to prepare for war. Less than three weeks later, the Bangladesh Liberation War began. In 1947, British India was split into the Union of India and the Dominion of Pakistan. The Dominion of Pakistan, which included much of present-day Pakistan and Bangladesh, was split into West Pakistan and East Pakistan. Though East Pakistan was home to more than half the population, West Pakistan was still more politically and economically powerful. East Pakistan's Awami Muslim League, established in Dhaka in 1949, supported independence from West Pakistan. In February of 1956, the Pakistan Constituent Assembly approved a new constitution establishing a Pakistani republic. The next month, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan was formally established. Ayub Khan, president of Pakistan from 1958 to 1969, denounced the autonomy movement in East Pakistan. Under his rule, government police killed many demonstrators in East Pakistan. Sheikh Mujibur Rahman, leader of the Awami League, was arrested a couple of times. He was released in 1969, as widespread protests and political violence continued in East Pakistan. But legislative elections were held in December of 1970. The Awami League won 167 out of 313 seats in the Pakistani National Assembly. The Awami League also won 288 out of 300 seats in the Legislative Assembly of East Pakistan. But the president at the time, Yahya Khan, and military leaders refused to hand over power and postponed the opening of the National Assembly. This ignited more political tension and violence. A civil war was on the horizon. People called for Sheikh Mujib to declare independence from Pakistan. So on March 7, 1971, the Awami League hosted a gathering of millions of people at Dhaka's Ramna race course. In the speech that Sheikh Mujib gave at the gathering, he encouraged people to launch a struggle against the Pakistani rulers and announced a civil disobedience movement. Audio and video of the speech were recorded. In the 19-minute speech, he effectively declared Bangladesh's independence. On March 25th, President Yahya Khan declared a state of emergency in East Pakistan. The next day, government troops from West Pakistan launched Operation Searchlight, a military operation against Bengali nationalists in East Pakistan. Sheikh Mujib was arrested that day, and Bengali nationalists formed a liberation army to fight Pakistani troops. The Bangladesh Liberation War ended in December of 1971, when Pakistan surrendered and Bangladesh formally won its independence from West Pakistan. Death toll estimates range from the hundreds of thousands to the millions. In October of 2017, UNESCO added the speech to the Memory of the World Register, a collection of documentary heritage. In its nomination form for the Memory of the World Register, the speech was described as a quote faithful documentation of how the failure of post-colonial nation-states to develop inclusive, democratic society alienates their population belonging to different ethnic, cultural, linguistic, or religious groups. I'm Eve Shefcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can keep up with us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast. Or if you would prefer to email us, you can send us a message at thisday at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you same place tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.